Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me in the betters box. This is ATS.io's MLB betting podcast for Thursday, July 8th. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Make sure you check out the daily article over at ATS.io, landing page for my picks, some thoughts on the other games, then individual articles and previews for the games I have selected for that day. Gotten a lot of positive feedback about that new format, about the articles here. So very happy that everybody likes them and happy that things have been going a little bit better here uh, basically since the start of June. So hopefully we can continue that over at ATS.io, but make sure you're checking back every day. Obviously, next week with the All-Star Game, won't have any picks Monday through Thursday. We'll do at least one edition of the betters box in that span, probably going to be Monday. I'll probably end up doing both of them, honestly, but I'm going to try to use the All-Star break to do some football stuff way behind on my college football prep, way behind on my NFL prep as well. So lots of stuff to do with those two sports betting markets. We'll have some content up over at ATS.io in the near future looking at college football and the NFL. But uh, should be a lot of fun here to take a little bit of a step back from baseball and focus on something else for next week. Make sure you download the ATS app, which you can find in the Google Play Store or in the Apple Store. It's a bet tracker, an odd screen, a stats database, full article integration from the website, all kinds of good stuff in that app for you to check out. So download it, sign up. That's where the picks are tracked from my article, and you can track your own picks in there as well. Then next Tuesday, I'll chat once again with Brian Blessing here on ATS Radio, taking a look at the Open Championship. The NHL season is over. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the expansion draft and the NHL draft and free agency and something like that. But we'll primarily be taking a look at the Open Championship coming up at Royal St. George's. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that on next week's show. All right, got a lot of stuff to get to on today's program. A lot of stats coming your way as well. So skatingtripods at gmail.com to get on the list for the betters box show notes. I realized I did not send those out on Monday. I was out of town visiting the wife's family and then made a stop in Asheville. So I apologize for not sending out those notes from Monday's show. I'll group them today with the Tuesday show or with the Thursday show, excuse me. Odds have changed a little bit and all of that, but I will group Monday's show notes with today's show notes in the email that I send out later on today. So obviously one thing to take a look at here, What has happened since MLB sent out that memo on June 3rd? Well, including June 3rd up to now, 247 batting average, 321 on base, 416 slugging percentage. The biggest development in all of this is that the strikeout rate is down to 23.1% over the last month and five days or so. So it's still at 23.8% for the season, but since June 3rd, 23.1%. So that gives you an idea of how much this substance crackdown has hurt pitchers in the strikeout department with less spin. And, you know, I know that a lot of this is, you know, very scientific in nature to talk about and all of that, but we can see it in practice here. The impact that substances and increased spin rates have on the game of baseball. We've seen a big, huge decrease in strikeout percentage 
since that first memo was circulated. So this is more like what we saw with the strikeout percentage back in 2019, which potentially is when teams started kind of picking up on all of these substances and all of that. If this path continues, and I don't know if we have the sample size left in the Major League Baseball season to do this yet, but if this trend continues, we could end up with our first season without a strikeout percentage increase since 2005. 2014 and 2015 were the same at 20.4, but based on the rounding, if you look at the full uh, number, it was higher in 2015. So this could be our first season without a strikeout rate in a strikeout rate increase, excuse me, in 16 years, depending on how this continues as we go throughout the rest of the season here, you know, will pitchers just go back to using stuff? Will umpires continue to enforce this? Like there were a lot of big questions still about this substance crackdown, but the biggest takeaway here is strikeout percentage is down. That is the reason why offense is up doesn't really have anything to do with hitting the ball harder or anything like that. Yeah, we're seeing a few more home runs, but that's also just a byproduct of having more balls hit out into play, having more balls that, you know, get hit as opposed to strikeouts. We still have our lowest slugging percentage since 2014, but the tide is turning here with this increase in balls in play. So we'll see what happens at the end of the year, but obviously this is something that has increased offense and presumably has worked the way that Major League Baseball wanted it to work. If we look at over-unders since June 3rd here, 235 to the over, 215 to the under, 17 pushes. So the sports books, the odds makers, the traders, all of that have done a really fine job adjusting to the increase in scoring. And here's the one that's really interesting to me. Since and including June 21st, when Major League Baseball started allowing umpires to enforce this substance crackdown to check the pitcher's as they're coming off the mound and all of that. 107 to the over, 108 to the under, and nine pushes. So the sportsbooks have done a phenomenal job adjusting to this new offensive environment. So I want to take a look at here, the top five offenses over the last 30 days in weighted on base average, which effectively you know kind of makes up basically the time since this spin rate crackdown started. The Astros, Tops and Woba, 365. The Angels, second. 357, and keep in mind, still no Mike Trout for them. Blue Jays, 355, Yankees, 348, and Padres, 344. Over the last 14 days, the Blue Jays, the best offense in baseball, 375. Padres, 363, Woba. White Sox, 362, in spite of all of their injuries. Brewers, oddly enough, 361. Angels, 358. The Nationals and the Yankees, the next two teams up here. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I've talked a lot on this show in my written content about the Yankees and the Padres and about how their hard hit percentages, percentages of batted balls hit at least 95 miles per hour, were suggestive of offensive improvement. Well, that has happened here. Over the last month or so, Yankees and Padres both in the top five in weighted on base average. So these are this is the reason why You look at a lot of these indicators. You try to find these teams in line for positive or negative regression. And you never necessarily know exactly when it's coming, but you have a pretty good idea that it is going to come. So with the Yankees and the Padres, their offenses have finally gotten going here. And it's obviously benefited the Padres quite a bit. The Yankees still finding different ways to lose games. But 
you know, it is one of those things that you do want to take a very close look at trying to find some of these positive regression indicators out there in the betting markets. And the interesting thing to me is that the Padres have gotten better offensively, have been a top five offense over the last 30 days, but they are still 28th in batting average and weighted on base average on batted balls of 95 plus miles per hour. So the offense has gotten better and I think there is still more room for it to grow. So the Padres are still a team I'm looking at very closely here for some upgrades on the offensive side. And I figured today, since I'm kind of talking about things in that breath, I figured it would be a good idea to talk about the teams and their performances on high-velocity contact here to see if we can find any other outliers that should get better as we move forward here. So batting average on batted balls of 95-plus miles per hour The Reds lead the league at 533. Angels are second, 526. Orioles, 525. Red Sox, 522. The Blue Jays and the Phillies at 517. League average for this is around 490. I actually didn't look at it here this morning. Shame on me for that. Uh, League average around 490, 493, somewhere in that range. Uh, Four batting average on batted balls of 95 plus miles per hour, which is what makes the Royals so interesting at 449. They are a positive regression candidate. Now, they don't make a ton of high-velocity contact, but they've had virtually no success with the high-velocity contact that they have made. So they are dead last at 449, 18 points lower than the Pittsburgh Pirates at 467. Padres 470, as I mentioned, 28th in batting average for them on batted balls of 95-plus miles per hour. The Indians 474, and the Cubs 476 making an appearance here in the bottom five the Royals are not a good offensive team but they should not be 18 points lower than anybody else in the league so they are an offense that should get better here as we go forward we'll see if it happens this weekend against the Indians pitching staff we'll see what happens after the all-star break but the Royals are a significant outlier being 18 points lower than anybody else that is an offense that I would expect some degree of positive regression from here as we go forward. And we have actually seen some money on the Royals here lately, which you know maybe kind of an indicator of some better fortunes ahead. Weighted on base average, on batted balls of 95 plus miles per hour. The Angels, tops in the league at 681. Very good offense for them this season. And again, as I mentioned, no Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon has not been himself this season either. Giants at 679, Reds 668. The Blue Jays and the Twins, both at 652 in the Woba department. League average around 610, 615 in that range. The Royals, 546, 26 points lower than the Pittsburgh Pirates at 572. So again, an example here to say that the Royals should get better offensively. They should have better fortunes on their quality contact. Whether you're playing on the Royals or looking to play over in Royals games, I do think this offense, just simply by default, simply by regression to the mean, should get better here as we go forward. The Pirates at 572, Padres 579, Nationals 587, then the Cardinals at 589. So those are your bottom five teams in weighted on base average. And again, I think both the Padres and the Nationals should get better in this department. So two play on offenses right now, as far as I'm concerned, the Royals also a play on offense. I don't really see any negative regression indicators. Maybe the Angels, just because I don't know if their true talent level is that good. But other than that, you know, I'm looking at more, 
I'm looking more for teams to come up from the bottom a little bit as opposed to teams kind of coming back down, especially with the uptick in offense here with decreased strikeout rates and all of that. So we looked at teams. Let's talk specifically here about pitchers. Pitcher results on batted balls of 95 plus miles per hour. The lowest batting average belongs to Kyle Gibson of the Texas Rangers at 383. And then you've got to jump 15 points to Anthony DiSclefani of the Giants at 398. And DiSclefani is a guy that has allowed a fair amount of hard contact this season. His hard hit percentage up in the low 40s. So DiSclefani is a play against guy in some ways. So I will look to try to play against him against good offenses here uh, after the All-Star break and potentially even this weekend as the Giants take on the Nationals. Ian Anderson next at 404, Walker Bueller 409, Marcus Stroman 415, Jose Barrios at 430, Aaron Savale 431, Casey Mize of the Tigers 438, Trevor Bauer 444, although who knows when he'll pitch again, Jose Urania 445, and then Adam Wainwright and Cole Irvin both at 447. But the primary takeaway here, DeSclefani is a regression candidate. Kyle Gibson, also a regression candidate. And let's go to the lowest WOBA, weighted on base average, on batted balls of 95 plus miles per hour. Marcus Stroman is number one at 458. Kyle Gibson, 458. Anthony DeSclefani, 468. Ian Anderson, 495. Walker Bueller, 512. Carlos Martinez is an interesting one with his ERA up in the sixes at 523. Cole Irvin, 526. Zach Davies, 532. Sandy Alcantara and Jose Urania, 536. So three guys that I will be looking to fade as we come out of the All-Star break are Kyle Gibson, Anthony DiScafani, and Marcus Stroman. And I'll even add a fourth to that list, Cole Irvin. So I'm looking for chances, opportunities to go against Kyle Gibson, Anthony DiScafani, Marcus Stroman, and Cole Irvin based on their results against on high-velocity contact. And specifically, looking at DiScafani and Stroman, guys that are up in the 40% plus range for their hard hit percentages. They are allowing a pretty high and above average amount of hard contact, but they're having really good outcomes and results on those batted balls. So primarily DiScofani and Stroman, two guys I am looking to go against here in the near future. And by the way, Marcus Stroman also has the biggest gap in actual WOBA compared to expected WOBA, a difference of 65 points. So Stroman across the board is a negative regression candidate. I also think guys like DiScofani and Irvin and Kyle Gibson fall into that group as well. So I will be actively looking either this weekend or coming out of the all-star break to try and fade those guys here and hope that some regression to the mean takes place with their results on high velocity contact. The highest batting average against batted balls of 95 plus miles per hour. And by the way, this is a minimum of 100 results. So at least a hundred batted balls of 95 plus miles per hour. I wanted to take relievers and small sample size guys out of the equation and all of that. Jordan Lyles, 598, the highest batting average allowed on batted balls of 95 plus miles per hour. Jorge Lopez, 594, Justice Sheffield, 583, Jay Happ, 568, Mike Fultonevich at 550, also Aaron Nola at 550, Merrill Kelly, 546, Kyle Hendricks, 544, 
Mike Miner at 542, and then Jake Arietta at 540. You know my thoughts on Arietta. I don't think he's any good. Jordan Lyles is not good either. Jorge Lopez, I've been trying to find spots to back, but it's been very difficult. His command profile is still not all that awesome. But as we look at the highest Wobas allowed here, Jay Happ, 751. Kyle Hendricks, 736. Mike Fultonevich, 720. Jordan Lyles, 716. Mike Miner, 715. Same thing for Jorge Lopez. Justice Sheffield, 703. Aaron Nola, 695. Jake Arrieta, 679. And Robbie Ray, 671. So the positive regression guys, guys I will be looking to back either this weekend or after the All-Star break. Aaron Nola, 100% one of them. Merrill Kelly is another. I've been trying to look at him a lot. I played a couple of unders in his starts recently. Uh, It's hard to bet on the Diamondbacks, as we know, but I've played some unders in Merrill Kelly's starts that have come through. So he's another one. And then also Kyle Hendricks. I mean, Kyle Hendricks' command is just too good to be this bad. Maybe the all-star break kind of reshuffles the deck for him a little bit. So the fade guys, the negative regression guys, Kyle Gibson, Anthony DiSclefani, Marcus Stroman, Cole Irvin, the positive regression guys, the guys I want to play on, Aaron Nola, Merrill Kelly, Kyle Hendricks, and also to a degree, Mike Miner here. And I think Mike Miner taking some money in his last start against the Reds, kind of indicative of the fact that the market has sort of picked up on him as well. Skating tripods at gmail.com to get the notes for the betters box shows. Highly encourage you to do that. I'll talk next week about some alternate season win totals as those get posted and kind of start to preview the second half of the season uh, on those two shows. The down the line segment here didn't do this on Monday because I looked at the futures markets. I also did the show from out of town. Uh, so, you know, I wanted to get through it in a reasonable amount of time. So fortunately I was able to do that, taking a look at the futures stuff, but Monday, We saw a fade of Walker Bueller. Now remember, Walker Bueller on high-velocity contact. He shows up with the fourth-lowest batting average and the fifth-lowest Woba. So a Woba and ex-Woba difference there for him. Dodgers taking on Trevor Rogers and the Marlins. Dodgers don't hit lefties. Marlins a positive regression candidate. A lot of things coming together in that handicap, and the Marlins did wind up winning that game. So money on the Braves on Monday and Tuesday in their series against the Pirates. First, it was Max Freed on Monday. It was Ian Anderson on Tuesday. And the Braves lost both of those games. On Wednesday, the market was against Drew Smiley and the Braves. And the Braves won that game. So the Braves have been a very frustrating team for a lot of betters out there, to say the least. And that continued here this week uh, with that performance against the Pirates. Also on Monday, we saw Zach Davies' money come in pretty heavy against Matt Moore and the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, The Phillies put a hurting on Davies and the bullpen in that one, one in lopsided fashion, so that move was wrong. Uh, Martin Perez took money for the Red Sox against Jose Suarez and the Angels on Monday night. Uh, The Angels, you know, very good offensive team, some questions on the pitching side. Money coming in on Boston in that one and on Martin Perez. Martin Perez, one of those guys where, When money comes in on him, you take notice because he's a guy that the market generally doesn't love a whole lot, but they bet on him there in that game on Monday. As I mentioned, Mike Miner took some Royals money on Monday. That was once again a road fade of the Cincinnati Reds and their big splits, but a pretty telling move there given how bad the Royals have been here uh, over the last couple of months. 
Tuesday, we saw Aaron Nola money come in against Jake Arrieta and the Cubs. An easy winner there. Rough first inning for Nola. Not nearly as rough as, or no, Nola's first inning was fine. I'm thinking of uh, the other game that Arietta was in against the Brewers. Uh, but Arietta gave up a grand slam in the first inning, did not pitch well yet again. Uh, you know, premier fade guy. I'm very upset with myself that I didn't take Philadelphia in that game on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday, we saw the Rockies road fade. That was John Gray and the aforementioned Merrill Kelly. Had the under in that one, been trying to find ways to back Kelly without betting on the Diamondbacks. Kelly pitched well. He's upping his trade value quite a bit. We'll see if he gets dealt here after the All-Star break. Mild fade of Adam Wainwright on Tuesday. I was on the Giants in this one. The market does not really like Johnny Cueto, but trying to fade Wainwright on the road hasn't worked out the last couple of times I've done it. But you know, still something that when you look at the splits for Wainwright, uh, something you do have to pay a lot of attention to. We saw a fade of Ryan Weathers on Tuesday night for the Padres. That line went down about 20 cents across the board against the Washington Nationals. It was actually Eric Fetty in that one for the Nationals, but that was a fade of Weathers, you know, big ERA and FIP discrepancy, Woba and ex-Woba discrepancy, all of that. Anytime Ryan Weathers takes the mound, he will have money bet against him unless he's facing some god-awful team. So if you want to fade Weathers in the Padres, you got to do it early to try and get some of that line equity. We saw money on Tuesday on Jamison Tyon and the New York Yankees against Justice Sheffield and the Mariners. Big lopsided win. The money was definitely right on that one with the Yankees. Uh, Justice Sheffield, a guy that just has not had good command this season at all whatsoever. Wednesday, the Rockies actually took money on the road. That was Antonio Senzatella and Humberto Castellanos for the Diamondbacks. And uh, the Rockies took road money and lost that game anyway. So, They've now lost a series against the Diamondbacks who just won consecutive games for the first time in almost two months. Eduardo Rodriguez took money on Wednesday for the Red Sox. That was an ERA and FIP move. Rodriguez, big ERA, lower FIP, bad luck in the first inning. Three softly hit balls wound up leading to a couple of runs. Uh, This guy has just had no luck this season at all whatsoever, but money will come in on him a lot. So if you like the Red Sox when Rodriguez is pitching, That's a game you want to jump in on early on. So money and the over in the Blue Jays-Orioles game. That was Hyunjin Ryu and Matt Harvey. Total went from 10 to 11. We got 10 and a half. Game lands 12. So every number wins on that total. Ryu actually pitched pretty well, but he has been struggling here of late. And the market kind of looking to go against him as well with a line move there on Matt Harvey. So keep an eye out for that. Hunjin Ryu, I think, needs the all-star break. I think a lot of guys need the all-star break to kind of get refreshed and all of that. We'll see how Ryu pitches coming out of that, but he has really struggled here of late. The Astros took money on Wednesday. Sean Manaya, Luis Garcia in that one. The A's just cannot beat Houston. And here on Thursday, seeing money on the Astros as well for the day game series finale with Frankie Montas and Lance McCullers. Astros taking a lot of money, frankly, in the marketplace right now, and deservedly so because of how well they've played here of late. Lastly, on Wednesday, the Royals taking money again. That was Brady Singer against the Reds and Sonny Gray. Fade of the Reds on the road didn't work out in either one of those games. Royals not really rewarding betters right now, but a line movement in tonight's game against the Indians with Danny Duffy and Zach Plesak. I'm actually on the Indians in this one. Uh, Plesak is only going to throw 60 pitches, but Danny Duffy is only going to be around 70 or 75 himself. This will become a bullpen game. The Indians' bullpen is significantly better than the Royals' bullpen. 
So I'm on the Indians here for today going against the grain of that line move. Also, one other move of note here today, you Darvish and the Padres taking money against the Nationals and Max Scherzer. I'm on Scherzer and the Nats for the first five. I'm not messing with the bullpen. Darvish has not been quite as effective here of late with some spin rate decreases. So figured I would go ahead and take a shot with the Nationals and Scherzer early on in that one. Now, as far as a weekend preview goes, I want to throw this out there to you first. Generally speaking, prior to the All-Star break, can be a difficult time to bet. This last round of games, right before the break, can be very challenging. A few things to keep in mind, and these are things that kind of fit across all sports, but I think also apply to Major League Baseball. Veteran teams typically show up. They generally play well. They believe in the value of kind of stealing some wins and stuff like that. So look for veteran teams to play well this weekend. Younger teams, guys are looking forward to vacations or just, you know, downtime to be gaming or or something like that, you know, whatever. Veteran teams know the value of these last few games. So they will try their best to get victories if they can make things look a little bit better on the stat sheet. And of course, too, keep in mind that look the trade deadline, 23 days away. You want to be able to show your front office, hey, we're good. Get us some help. We're good, but we want to be great. So veteran teams usually show up and play pretty well going into the All-Star break. Also, as a general rule, teams that have been playing well keep playing well, and teams that have been playing bad keep playing bad. You know, if you're a bad team, if things aren't going well for you, everything's kind of snowballing, all you sit there and think about is, man, we get four days off next week. I can't wait. So generally teams that have some momentum rolling, some positivity, keep playing well. Teams that don't, don't play well, which makes it kind of interesting that I'm taking the Indians today who are not playing well, but there is a method to that madness. And I'll talk about that here in a second. Keep in mind as well that on Sunday, and I probably won't bet anything on Sunday. I do not like the day before the all-star break. Some all-stars will get a day off on Sunday. There will be some key players missing from the lineup, missing from the bullpen, something like that, just simply because the managers know that going to the All-Star game is not a break at all. You you fly out on Sunday with your family. This year it's in Denver, so you get to go deal with the elevation and all of that. Monday you get the festivities with the All-Star, the home run derby and all that kind of thing. Tuesday is the game. Wednesday you're traveling back from Denver to your home city. And then Thursday you're getting ready to play again. So Sometimes managers will give guys that day off before the all-star break. So keep that in mind. That will have an impact on some of the lines that are out there, because if you take a star player out of the lineup, that will shift the line to a degree. So there is something like that too, that I worry about on Sunday, probably not going to have any plays on Sunday, but you know, we'll of course see what the card winds up offering us. And just overall, see if you can try to isolate motivation, the teams that want to be there on Sunday, the teams that don't, the teams that are engaged, the teams that aren't, you know, this is a little bit less about the stats this weekend than normal, because you just have some guys that, you know, are just thinking about what they're going to do on their breaks with their little vacations or whatever else, you know, these guys look, I mean, last year in the 60 game sample, they weren't allowed to do anything. You know, they couldn't do anything to put themselves at risk early on in the season. You still had a lot of COVID protocols. Now you've got a lot of teams that have reached the vaccination thresholds and all of that. These are guys with a lot of money, a lot of disposable income, 
that haven't really been able to do anything to spend it. So guys will take vacations during the break. Guys will get away from it all. So look, I mean, you think about your performance at work when you've got something on the horizon that you're excited about, it's going to be the same thing for some of these baseball players. So that's why you kind of look more at the veteran teams, guys that understand, you know, the importance of every day of the season and all of that. I think you tread light lighter than usual. Uh, but you know, if there are some opportunities that are out there, don't hesitate to take advantage of them. If you think there's something that sets up really, really well for you. So as I mentioned here, the Royals and the Indians, Danny Duffy, Zach Plesak tonight, Brad Keller, and to be determined tomorrow, uh, Mike Miner and Eli Morgan on Saturday, Chris Bubik and Cal Quantrill coming up on Sunday. I expect the Indians to play hard and try hard here. You know, Terry Francona, as much as I don't like him, as much as I don't believe in his in-game managerial skills or anything like that, typically tends to be kind of a master motivator, a guy that players want to play for, all of that. So I think that there's a possibility that the Indians do kind of rebound here a little bit. But more than just those narratives, look, they just played the Rays and the Astros. And frankly, the Tigers are a pretty good team right now too. So now they're playing the Royals, a team that is below them, a team beneath them. It is hard to find teams beneath the Indians right now, but the Royals are one of them. And that's why I took Cleveland today because this is a huge step down in class. They're 27 and 17 against teams with losing records this year. And now they finally get another one and they got to pad their record a little bit playing the Orioles and the Pirates and the Cardinals and some of these other teams that were scuffling quite a bit. The Royals, I mean, look, the Royals are a team that was in first place on May 8th. They are 15 games out now. That's how bad they've played over the last two months. So this is a big step down in class for the Indians. I think these are games that they should win. I think they should end the losing streak tonight, weather permitting, because it's raining like hell right now. But this is an Indians team that I think does show up here this weekend. And I'm not entirely sure that the Royals do. So good opportunity for the Tribe, I think, and a good opportunity for them tonight as well. Reds and the Brewers. Tyler Mayo, Adrian Hauser on uh, Thursday night. Wade Miley and Eric Lauer Friday. Vladimir Gutierrez and uh, Freddie Peralta on Saturday. Luis Castillo, Brandon Woodruff on Sunday. Great one there in the series finale. Be curious to see how that one gets bet as Luis Castillo pitching much, much better here of late. But I'll be interested to see what happens in this series because a lot of people believe, and rightly so, I think, that the Reds are the only team in the division that has a chance to run down the Brewers. So if they want to do that, they better get it started here this week. The problem is Milwaukee's playing at a very high level right now. As I mentioned, over the last two weeks, Milwaukee with the top five offense. The Reds are on the road here at Miller Park. We know that they're much better at home than they are on the road. So I'm going to be very interested in seeing how this series gets bet, seeing how this series plays out. A lot of things, a lot of moving parts here in this one. You know, I give the nod to the Brewers because of how well they're playing right now, but the Reds are a very dangerous team here, and the pitching matchups for the first two games don't look that bad for them. So I think these are important games tonight and tomorrow for Cincinnati before heading on into the weekend. The Nationals and the Giants here. Paulo Espino and Logan Webb on Friday. Joe Ross, Anthony DiSclefani on Saturday. John Lester and Kevin Gaussman coming up on Sunday. I think I'm looking at an over there, a little bit of a look ahead for the Ross and DiSclefani game coming up on Saturday. Probably see a total of eight for that one, I would think. But I just talked about all of the different reasons 
to fade Anthony DiScofani earlier on in the segment here. I'm not a big Joe Ross guy either. So I think I'm looking at the over in that one, maybe an under on Sunday. Uh, John Lester, you know, looks like a guy in line for some positive aggression. If you look at his Woba and X Woba and all those different types of things. And obviously Kevin gaussman has been absolutely phenomenal for the Giants here this season. I do wonder if the Giants relax a little bit going into the break here. I mean, it's it's been such a phenomenal first half for them. They've played through some injuries. You know, they're out there leading maybe the best division in baseball, at least the top heaviest division in baseball. Do we kind of get a little bit of a letdown here? I think it's a possibility. However, they are far and away the favorite with all three pitching matchups in this series. So I think this series will tell us a lot about the Giants, I think. But as I said, I think I'm looking at an over on Saturday and possibly an under on Sunday uh, with Ross and DeSclafani Saturday, Lester and Gaussman on Sunday. And lastly here, we'll run back the ALE series between the Blue Jays and the Rays. Ross Stripling, Shane McClanahan Friday, Robbie Ray, Ryan Yarborough Saturday, Stephen Matz and Rich Hill on Sunday. Toronto going down to the trop. Not a great place to hit. Toronto's offense has been very good here of late, but now they head down to Tampa Bay where offense is generally at a premium. Are they going to be able to pitch with the Rays? Will the Rays get their pitching figured out? You know, Shane McClanahan, he's kind of struggled a little bit here. Rich Hill has struggled. Three lefties in this series for the Rays against the Blue Jays. So interesting series. A lot of left-handed starters actually across this one. Not sure if I'll have a ton of bets in this series, but I think it is one that could kind of set the tone for the second half of the season there in the American League East. So as I said, skatingtripods at gmail.com to get on the list for the betters box show notes. And I will package Monday's notes with today's Thursday email. So you can check that out uh, later on in your email inbox. Make sure you check out all the great content over at ATS.io. Download the ATS app as well. And uh, hey, have a good weekend, everybody. Hopefully uh, the weather is nice where you are. You're able to enjoy some things outdoors, catch up with friends and family and all that. Obviously, a lot of us doing that last weekend. And hopefully we have another good weekend to do that here. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. I will talk to you again on Monday. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the betters box. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.